Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, and I am an alcoholic. Uh, today, is another, today is another solo episode of the Fun and Sobriety Podcast, um, <clears throat> and I just wanted to uh, check in a little bit with you guys. I uh, felt like my last solo episode was... Um, it was a slightly more personal than any previous one so far. At least that was that was the way I felt when I recorded it, and I felt like the reception to it um, uh, it was unexpected. To be honest, uh, I had a handful of people reach out, and they were concerned about me, which uh, I appreciate. It's very sweet. Um, <laughs> sweet sounds pejorative. I, it, it's very kind. I am. Um, I am okay. I mean, I. I my um sometimes when i'm doing these podcasts and you know some some of the ones that i've recorded and decided not to air or publish or whatever you call it here uh are because i have um got to a spot of feeling very raw and um you know i think last episode I, uh, the last solo I was, um, I don't I want to say channeling for lack of a better word. Um, my mentality and the state of mind that I was in, uh, back in the time period that I was trying to describe and in early recovery, especially, and, or even before I could find sobriety, um, you know, I was, I was, intentionally putting myself back in that feeling of desperation and hopelessness and self-pity and you know it's <laughs> I was going to say it's a fugue state but that seems a little extreme but it's it's definitely um a way that I use it's a I guess a technique for lack of a better word I use to remind myself of just how awful that period of my life was just how awful my life was um you know especially in the period where I was describing being a closet drunk I mean that's it was horrible and I don't know I I I fear just describing it makes it seem clinical so I you know I, I don't fear I just that's how it feels when I'm when I do describe it just kind of matter of factly um which which also has it's you know its purposes when I'm just trying to like be frank you know yes I drink like this and this is what happened but um you know the 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 purpose of this podcast is hopefully to relate to people and I feel um, my hope was that someone might hear it and hear the pain in my voice and, and, and in my soul, I guess, and relate to it. Um, and, uh, again, it's, like I said, it's a, it's a technique for lack of a better word for getting myself back to that state. Cause I, I've been sober now for 10 plus years, you know, and, I am not in that hopeless desperation anymore, far, far from it. And, you know, if if I wasn't, 
you know, if I was still feeling anywhere near that level of just, you know, desperation and, um, you know, sadness and self-loathing, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't register myself as being in recovery, honestly, or it would be a miserable recovery that no one would want, you know? And I, I, I feel like my life is very blessed, very, I'm graced. And, and I, I certainly hope that people would want what I have. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm healthy and I, I have a, a, a a healthy attitude towards my life and towards how I approach the people I love and the way that I interact with them and the way that I walk through the world. And it's all entirely because I'm in recovery. It's entirely because I've found sobriety and, and I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic there. My life is, graced because I fell apart and in falling apart I had no choice but to either die or just continue to just roll down a hill until I could no longer move and function or try and do something different you know and that's that's what recovery is 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 it's trying to do something different and and I paused there because I know that the way I'm talking is is falling into that trap of just kind of sweeping everything into a very simple box you know like especially in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and in 12-step recovery places we refer to our addict our alcoholic thinking our addict brain and you know it that's a that's a that's a shorthand I mean obviously or maybe not so obvious to some people but obvious to me if I ever use terminology like that, like, you know, my addict is, you know, my, my alcoholic, my alcoholism is, you know, doing push-ups in the corner waiting for me to come back, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like my alcoholic thinking is what's making me, uh, obsess over, you know, a resentment or what, just the generalization of all negative behaviors as my alcoholic, you know, person trying to do. I mean, it's, I register that that is just a shorthand. Like clearly there are deeper, more nuanced psychological issues and, and explanations behind behaviors that don't hinge exclusively upon alcohol and my alcoholism. But at the same time, <laughs> the nature of alcohol and what it does to your brain, if you're introducing alcohol in the way of an alcoholic drinker and, and just flooding your brain and consequently flooding your consciousness, perpetually flooding it in the way that alcohol just affects more or less every aspect of your brain functionality. It it isn't entirely off base to just refer to all of that shit and shitty behavior and shittiness that er, poor behavior, all, all of the things that we do when we're drunks and when we're actively drinking and actively using uh, especially actively drinking, you know, it's 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 not too far off to say, yeah, that is my alcoholic thinking because alcoholism, the alcohol level of alcohol in an alcoholic's brain or whatever you want to say it, the the blood alcohol content. I mean, we, we 
we, we, we all spent periods of our lives walking around with a, a baseline bordering on, you know, illegal to operate moving equipment, moving vehicles, right? I mean, that fucks with your thinking. That fucks with your brain operations. It fucks with the way you deal with everything. So, yeah. But I'm saying all that because I'm also doing a similar thing with, with recovery. Like, my recovery is blank. And anything positive that comes in my life, I can say, well, that is recovery. And, um, again, it's not entirely off base because the whole nature of this is that I was not doing okay. I was not going to make it. The way my life had started to really unravel, there was no future that had a nice, pleasant horizon. There was no future where I was going to be having a good time (laughs) where anyone would look at me and be like, that guy's got his shit together. I want to be like that guy. I want to go see that guy. You know, I was on the way to being somebody that, a pariah. (laughs) So, Finding recovery has reintroduced me to a life that I had in my deepest, deepest down inside of me always wanted, right? Like I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I, I'm comfortable, uh, I'm comfortable in the way that I move through the world. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not satisfied. I'm, I'm, I'm perpetually unsatisfied. I mean, I, my life isn't, isn't perfect. It isn't exactly where I want it to be. I'm definitely not doing exactly what I would want to do, what I, what I hope to do. I'm not, I'm not satisfied, but I am comfortable in my skin. I, I, I am a man who I know my childhood self, my, even my younger man would look at and say, yeah, this, this person is, this person is, you know, this is where I want to be. I want to, I want to have my legs under me the way I have my legs under me today, you know, and, and I definitely did not feel I was on any path towards that kind of relationship with myself, towards that kind of self-image, self-confidence, self-awareness, just all of the things that are, are, you know, it starts to sound silly and fluffy to talk about and, and recovery. I I wouldn't be here without my recovery. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't gotten sober. I wouldn't be here if I didn't actively work on my recovery, you know? And so that makes me more comfortable speaking in hyperbolic terms like that, that, you know, my recovery has gotten me X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't know. It's like the word Smurf. Everything is Smurfy. <laughs> Everything's recovery. <laughs> um, but I, you know, a couple things have have come across my consciousness in the last week or so that um, I don't know. I, I I'd like to to flush out a little bit more than than I had the opportunity to during whatever conversations I was having or, or, you know, in whatever meetings I was attending and, and listening in on and, and contemplating, right? Because again, back to the finding myself, reminding myself of that early, early, like, anxiety and just sadness, you know, especially the, the, the anxiety of, of knowing that I can't continue to drink the way I, you know, I, 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 I the, putting myself back in that, that state of mind that I often find myself trying to do that in a meeting, right? Cause especially if the topic 
revolves around that kind of a subject matter. Like first step, I'm you know I I want to I want to offer something to the newcomer, right? Like it, my my hope is always to offer something to someone who is brand new or brand new to paying attention to what the fuck is going on in those rooms, right? I mean, if I'm not doing that at the baseline, I don't, you know, I'm just kind of engaging in a circle jerk, right? Like, there's no, I mean, it's it's good to connect with and say, hear things from other people who are have long-term sobriety and, and have a great message and all that, but the message is for the person who's dying on the vine, the person who is for whatever string of circumstances and coincidences have found their way into a meeting that I'm sitting in. And if I can offer something that makes them like that resonates with them, that's, that's the long and short of it. Right. I I don't really have any other purpose being there. Well, that's, that's a little much. I mean, I, I I'm there for myself as well. And, and being able to connect with someone like that, ultimately also helps me. I mean, it's a paradox, but you know, everything is about us. You know, it's all about what we can get is even if it's as altruistic as trying to help someone else, it's still trying to help yourself. So, and that's what I'm, again, that's my hope with this podcast is that people who need to hear it, people who, you know, who don't have any other access to it or, or due to their whatever circumstances outside of their control or well within, you know, I'm hoping to resonate with them. And, um, so a- anyway, uh, some, you know, in, in the midst of some of that, I, I also find myself not wanting to ramble on <laughs> past a couple minutes. Cause you know, as much as I and think I have so much to offer, I, it's, it's, it's not all about me, but, um, so yeah, I mean, there was, <laughs> A handful of things have been brought up recently that, you know, the idea of acceptance or a lack of control, you know, the the two sides of the same coin, right? Like I, I have ultimately a lack of control over lots of things in my life and, you know, the, the, the only way to truly um, walk through that awareness and, and and live with the awareness of this lack of control without feeling like it's going to um, knock my legs up from under me, without, without it eating my lunch, without it causing me anxiety and depression and to make me agitated and concerned and overly fixated. You know, the, the only way through an awareness of my lack of control is... Um, you know, acceptance, acceptance that it is what it is. And, and this came up the other day and, um, I found myself focused on a very particular aspect of lack of control because I, my initial thought was I don't really have a super hard time accepting I don't have control over most things in my life. I mean, I've, I've even come to accept the concept that I don't even have control over anything in my life. Right. I mean, if you take it to a base level, right. I I don't have 
even control over my own thoughts. And if I don't have control over my own thoughts, like, how do I rational rationalize that I'm controlling my actions even, right? Like, and and that's, I guess that's going a little, a little bit more esoteric than I mean, but all I'm saying is if I'm, you know, the handful of times I've reached a truly meditative state, or at least I've felt that way after the fact, I've become very, very aware in that vague awareness way of the fact that I, I don't have any control in my thoughts. I mean, that's that's what the challenge of meditation is, is, is kind of realizing that our brains are just another muscle that's being flexed in, in, or another organ, I guess. And it's, and it's just doing what it does. And what it does is send thoughts through our consciousness, right? I mean, that's part of what it does. It's the part of, it's the main part we're aware of, right? Because just the virtue of it being our awareness is that. (laughs) So, when you boil that down and realize I have no control over what thought is coming and when it's going to go away. And all I can do is just kind of let it pass and just accept that I don't even have control over that. And, and realizing it, it's realizing that like, you know, coming to some modicum of, of acceptance of that, because that is a tough one to sit in, especially when you're trying to, th- you know, it's a tough one to sit in because it also feels contrary to everything else because we do have a sense of control and we do have a sense that we're in charge and all the all of the things, depending on the scale and, and what we're talking about, make it difficult to even accept that little kind of thing. But with an awareness of that and an acceptance of that, it becomes a lot easier to accept like bigger things that I'm clearly not in control of, you know, like the weather and natural disasters or the fact that you know like i my my roofers i had to get my roof fixed and in the middle of the roofing being fixed the roof being fixed one of the roofers you know stepped through the ceiling into the bathroom and like like that kind of thing and and you know that that is that's like one level of lack of control like yeah i i don't have any control over that duh that's fine and how i respond to it is the thing i have quote unquote control over, right? Like I have control over whether I'm going to let that piss me off. I have control over whether I'm going to be able to laugh at it or just find the, you know, quickly get to a state of being ready to work on it or, or work with the people and all of the things I have control over how I'm going to, uh, interact with the people when they come to fix it. How I'm going to interact with the people when they come to tell me what happened. Like that's the kind of thing I have control over in air quotes, because again, at a fundamental level, I'm not clear that I actually have control over that. I can, I can find my way to a baseline state where I'm not agitated and frustrated and on edge. And in that state, I'm far less likely to be upset at something like that, especially something that's so far out of my control. So it's not just a matter of, you know, something happening and then I have to take a breath and go, I have no control over this. Okay. I'm just going to walk through. Okay, fine. You know, there's different degrees of what that means, I guess is what I'm saying. And, And for me, like that, that example of the roof and Um, you know, other, other things, you know, like having somebody scratch your car or, or just 
physical things that happen that are literally out of our control. Like the, the idea that I have at least the control of, I'm in control of how I respond to those things is only true insofar as how I can maintain a spiritual, okay, the way I see it is that I have only, the only option I have to truly walk through any kind of controversial event like that, any kind of um, thing that would be potentially resentment building, I guess, or potentially uh, agitating or, 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 you know, cause me to erupt in anger and frustration is to walk myself into a state where I'm, you know, perpetually calm where I'm, I'm, I'm living in the moment. And for me, this is, I'm trying to, I'm trying to verbalize a sense of my spirituality, you know, fully aware that it's almost impossible to ever really express what I'm trying to say here in a way that doesn't sound circular and silly, but my, you know, my feeling of spirituality is when I can really feel grounded and in harmony with my surroundings, right? Like in, I call it moving with grace, like where I just feel, I guess that level of acceptance just kind of perpetually so that, you know, I can just flow with whatever's coming. I, I, I can accept whatever's happening in my life and in my day and just kind of flow around it the way, you know, river water flows around rocks, that kind of, you know, mentality at least. And as I'm saying this, I I realize that it's hypocritical because I am also the most agitated, uptight motherfucker, you know, and I come home and I'm like, oh, there's, you know, there's crumbs on the counter in the kitchen and there's, you know, muck left over from somebody cooking eggs and the egg pan is caked with egg shit and and it's just left in the sink and like all of those things are like little flashes and images and I can just feel it agitating me and so to say that that I'm I guess all I'm saying is I'm not very successful at it even though I'm aware that my ability to be accepting of my world and my lack of control like clearly I have no control over any of that because I scream at the children all the time and they still do that so whatever degree of control I think I have by yelling at them obviously isn't there and it's still you know 10 years in I'm still a fucking person my knee-jerk reaction most of the time again when I'm not feeling fluid and spiritually connected my knee-jerk reaction is to fucking unload on people and get upset and angry and yell and clamor around and 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 or just you know burble with fury underneath the surface and just like oh fuck it I'll just deal with it fine you guys fucking don't understand I know (laughs) I know that I know that that's not right, and I know that's not right-headed, not the right way to approach my life, and I know that if I can be in a more fluid state, in a more, you know, feeling of grace, I can handle all that, because I have had it. I, I will have moments where I do feel that way for whatever combination of events and series of interactions that I'd had preceding my arrival at the house, and I'm feeling, like, fluid and good, you know. You know, sometimes you just feel good. Sometimes you just feel uptight. You know, that's that's how I am. But in terms of control, like, again, the only thing I have, quote-unquote, control over is 
how effectively I find myself, uh, I, I pay attention to that feeling of connection and consciously push myself towards being in that state so that I can truly roll with whatever's coming my way. <laughs> it's funny. I, I hadn't even thought it that far through when this had come up before. I guess obviously I hadn't because I only had a couple minutes and that's a very obscure rambling way to get around to that. But that is very, very much my experience. And, um, but that's not what I was thinking of in the meeting and what I wanted to extrapolate on here, even though I, f- I feel like this does point me in that direction. What I just, what I just kind of just talked about, um, the the situation that came to my mind when this topic came up and as people were, were sharing their own experiences, the situation that came to my mind, um, I guess, boils down to the lack of control over the way others view me, right? Because obviously, again, another big one I don't have control over is the way other people behave. Obviously, that's what I just described, and, and I... but. It, that is just a subset of that, I guess, the way that people perceive me and the way that they interact with me and react to me and treat me is ultimately out of my control, right? Like, I, I, again, I can control how I respond to them and I can present myself in a certain way so that, you know, they are inclined to reflect, you know, everyone's inclined to reflect what they're receiving from other people. Right. So what I have control over again in air quotes is how I present and how I interact with other people. And, you know, through that, I mean, I'm pausing there because it just sounds like manipulative, but I I guess it is. It's just there's a there's a level of socially uh, conscious and socially um, uh, uh pragmatic manipulation that that it serves a good purpose right like i mean it's it's not a negative thing to you know be jovial and smiling and polite to people because then you're more likely to receive that back from them and yeah if you want to look at it clinically that's a manipulation but it's a positive exchange and it's a good it's a good thing it's a net good i mean that that word isn't necessarily a, a, a exclusively bad thing um but again where my head was going was towards situations that have, have occurred in my past. And it, and it I guess it, no, it does, I don't guess it, it, it also teeters on the verge of resentments, right? Because I have resentments towards a handful of people who have wronged me and they're, uh, again, air quotes, valid <laughs> resentments, right? Like, you know, that's another, you know, touchy subject with, with Alcoholics Anonymous and especially in recovery stuff is, you know, like resentments are a big thing. Resentments will kill us, right? Like we can't walk around harboring resentments. We just, we have to figure out again, it comes back to the control thing, right? This is all kind of interchangeable or, 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 you know, all, all works on the same level. We have to figure out how to get acceptance and, 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 um, forgiveness or, or at least, uh, forgetting and whatever it is to get past resentments, you know, it's, it is a big thing. It is a big thing. And 
the the most difficult ones are the ones where the resentment that you hold might be a valid resentment. You know, somebody kills your dog, you're, you're right to be resentful towards that person. If, especially if they've done nothing to amend for it, if they've made no effort to come and be like, Holy fuck, dude, I, I, you know, whatever. I, that was a pretty extreme example, but I mean, there are things that occur that are, you know, we, we have, we have a right to live, right? We have a right to exist and, and, and be treated with respect in the world. And if respect isn't reflected back to us, it's not an unreasonable response to have a resentment. No, it is unreasonable to let that resentment eat our lunch. And that's, that's where this <sighs> was coming to for me, right? Like I have... Like I said, certain people in the world exist who it's acutely, I am acutely aware of how little control over I, over their behavior I have, right? Um, again, that sounds really odd as I'm trying to fumble through the words, but my point is, is back to the idea of reflecting back, reflecting you know, treating people in the way that you want to be treated in in hopes of, like, air quotes, controlling that interaction, right? Like, I, I want, in general, you know, obviously I don't do this all the time because I'm an inflammatory, agitated person some of the time. But in general, I try to approach everyone with a positive attitude. I try and assume the best about everyone. I, I always, maybe to a fault, assume that, people's motivations are are pure or pure is not right but are are not um so selfishly driven as to be hurtful towards me or to leech off of me or to hurt the people i love you know i'm 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 an optimistic person i suppose is the way to look at that again probably counter to <laughs> the way i present myself many many situations but at an deep level I, I i truly am i truly look to people and and believe in them and want to believe the best about people i i, I want to believe people are are capable of whatever the best they have the best that they can do is what i'm i'm always hoping for for them and i've had situations in my life where that burned me where through whatever through whatever system of thought process or self uh um justifying i have had people harm me and <laughs> i guess it suffices to say i am not happy about that and part of me I, I have an expectation, right? I, I have an expectation that they will try to do right because I, I, again, to the reflecting out, all I could rationally think about how I would respond if the tables were turned, if 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 my if I were in the other person's shoes and they were in mine, how would I feel about the 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 behavior that this person has done to me? How would I feel about myself? 
doing the wrong that was done to me, what would I feel like I needed to do to be able to look myself in the mirror and be able to put my feet under me again and stand solidly as a man knowing I had done to someone else what this person and these people have done to me, you know? And so through that, <laughs> through that I was able to, you know, it was a mixture of things. I was able to, to, to find kind and kindness in my heart for them, but it also triggered an expectation that just kind of lingered back there and became longer, you know, louder and more invasive to my peace and my consciousness. The more that those people were not reacting to me that way, the more they were doing something other than what Dylan would do in that situation. And that's a weird, that's a weird control thing that I, I, I hadn't even really thought about until that meeting and the topic came up and I was like, I don't know, what am I trying to control? Wait a minute. I'm trying to control the way these people are responding to me because ultimately I f- that and that falls into that whole category of like as alcoholics and codependents, we want to like whatever the, the, the analogy is like, we, we want to direct the show. We want to be in control of everyone in our surroundings and, and, you know, move people accordingly. And I really don't engage in that for the most part. But but this little aspect, this little resentment that's just like burbling in the back of my head, like not fully uh, um, walked through or, or, you know, smoothed out is still there because I feel like they're not reacting the way they should. Right. And that's a that's a very nonsensical thing to say about people who aren't, you know, your very small children, right? Like, arguably, you can you can kind of infuse into your little tiny kids, like, hey, this is the way you're supposed to behave here. This is the way you're supposed to react to this kind of thing. Like, that's about it. That's the only time that's reasonable. Otherwise, you know, it's not reasonable for me to have any uh, expectations. I was about to say opinion. I, I, I have opinions. We're allowed to have opinions. It's just the expectation that those opinions are going to mean anything to anyone else is, you know, that's, that's where the control thing comes in. And, um, and, and part of what I wanted to reflect on in that meeting, but I, I knew there was no way to talk about that and not just ramble nonsense, nonsensically, or just completely lose the thread and have people just kind of stare at me wide eyed and go, Oh, okay. Th- thanks for sharing. <laughs> So I opted not to offer any of these thoughts in that moment, knowing that I wouldn't be able to get them across quickly or even effectively. I'm not clear that I'm doing it effectively now, but I'm trying. But part of what I wanted to also say as the culmination of whatever (laughs) mind-melting share I would have made out of this is uh, that I did walk through that, right? Like, I... It's not so much that that the idea of these people's not responding to me the way I want. Um, I have walked through that, and and I, I wanted to bring that up as my my example of like here's my here's how I dealt with lack of control in my life. <laughs> I felt these people who I feel resentments against. Guess what, you guys? I figured out how to accept it because I have and some of it is faking it till I make it some of it is forced on plastered smile until I can just time can pass and and I can just let it go completely you know and that some of that is just necessary it's just how we have to function but you know 
I've had a couple of moments in the in the time that's passed since you know these wrongs were done to me that I very much wanted to go and make sure that those people's lives were fucked up in some way, right? Like in some way that I could lash out and do something to ensure that their lives were more uncomfortable than right now in that moment. I I really wanted to do it. I really, you know, there was certain, (laughs) there were certain emails I wanted to send that would be, you know, in my brain explosive for their lives and would just cause, you know, well, you know, in the moment of fantasy, it would just be, Un, un, you know, un, uh, 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 they couldn't recover. Unrecoverable, just explosion in their lives, and it probably would have just been like, uh, you know, received by the recipient and been like, "Why are you and why are you telling me this? This is this is not your business." And you know, the point is, is and, and, and I wanted to control their outcome because I wasn't getting what I wanted from them in response in, in what I viewed as their, what they would need to do to demure to me and, and, and give me amends or whatever to make it up to me, you know, to grovel at my feet, whatever the fuck I think I visualize because they weren't doing it. I'm like, well, then I'm going to fucking throw a fucking grenade in their lives and really make them think twice, you know, that that'll fix them. And, um, you know, at least I had the I had the <laughs> I had enough recovery and enough of the program in me to you know sit on it and run it by my sponsor, which is to say, just run it by someone else who's sober minded and not attached to the situation, and just see what they think about it. Because even before I I brought it up to my to my sponsor, I, I knew what he was gonna say. He was like, "You don't need to." You don't need to do that. Like that's not. I mean, and actually, his response was, "Well, you know, sit on it for another day, and if you still feel like it, you know, you got to do what you got to do." But it's because he's he's a kind-hearted gentleman, and he knows the best way to approach someone. I was going to say like me, but it's the best way to approach anyone is to just you know, hey, it's up to you. All of these things are up. We're up to ourselves. We can we can dig whatever hole we want. It's just if we're willing to sit in it or dig our way back out. And uh, it was all just control. I wanted to control the way these people were behaving because fuck them. They fucked me over and they don't deserve to have, they don't get deserve to walk. They don't deserve to walk through life as if none of that happened. They don't get to act like they didn't do that to me. They need to sit in it. They need to sit in it until I feel like they've repented enough, right? And that's fucking ridiculous, right? And it's, you know, it's not unlike the way people in my life have treated me, people who I've hurt. You know, my, my, my ex-wife was so angry at me, and, and she wasn't capable of, like, finding that next level of just, like, what I'm describing, of just, like, letting go of of the harms that I had done to her, um, in in my drinking and in my selfishness you know and and again that's not a ding on her she just she just hadn't had the time to get there yet and i can appreciate that and i can appreciate being on the other end of that because i was on the other end of that you know i can appreciate being someone who's done wrong and or or you know behaved poorly and behaved in a way that i am not proud of and and i need to get 
better. I need to, to not do that kind of thing again. And having somebody just perpetually hit me over the head with reminders and, and just try and make me stay, you know, doing behaviors and doing things to me that can only wind up making me sit in that, um, state, you know, in that guiltiness in that, in that sense of like, I'm a piece of shit, you know, like having that just constant, that doesn't help me, right? Like I can't live there. And, you know, like I said, that was part of my contemplating all of this with these people who've who've done me wrong was like, I, I can't, eventually it wasn't it wasn't right away but eventually i was like yeah i can't uh i can't expect them to sit in it right? i can't expect them to live forever in this space where they they know you know they're just like oh i can't believe i did that to dylan oh i can't believe i did that like i I'm, would be surprised if it doesn't come up if they see me but that's I guess that's really where I was trying to go with, with all of this is like an awareness that I had to even let go of, of that. Like, I don't, I don't, I really don't want that. Like I want the acceptance to the degree that it's just something that happened. I wish it didn't happen, but I can't sit in it anymore. And I can't accept that. And because I can't sit in it anymore because I, I need to move on with my life there's no rational way that I can expect them to sit in it. Right. Like I, because just because they fucked me over in the state of whatever was going on in their own delusions doesn't make it justify that they don't get to move on, but I do, you know, and that that's, that's at least an awareness of that. I mean, I, I'm not perfect. I do, randomly run into these people and and there are moments where I'm just like oh no 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 they need to get it in the head with a shovel <laughs> but that passes that's just like one or two breaths and then I'm like no they're just humans and they're they're fallible and they are you know imperfect and they make mistakes and even the mistake of not knowing how best to deal with me in, in the aftermath that's still theirs right because <clears throat> yeah, I, I've I've also I've engendered resentments in other people with my behavior in ways that I didn't feel that what I was doing justified the response, but it's the response the person gave me, and and I've had a similar like where I'm like I don't know what to do here, and I, you know, it's a, it's a the idea that everyone is got to be perfect in response is just silly. I guess that's all I'm getting at is like, I I'm not perfect in my response. I do the best that I can. I've done the best that I can to people. I I've engendered resentments towards and I continue to, I, I tried my best not to engender resentments in anybody anyway. So I just don't have to worry about them and amends from ground zero. Again, back to like the only real control I have is how I maintain my spiritual life so that my fluidity and my grace enables me to just kind of flow around obstacles rather than get hung up on them. And, uh, and in that I, part of those obstacles is this weird idea of 
these people need to treat me a specific way because that would make me feel validated because that would make me feel whole, which is a really weird thing because my wholeness has no contingency upon anyone else. But when something like very wrong happens and it was, you know, it was, it was a deep core hurt when something like very, very hard like that, when, when matters of the heart, when you, when you, when you're, you know, divorces, this is, this is, you know, not unlike a divorce feeling like where you just have these like such deep pain and sorrow from the deepness of the love. And it gets like, whatever it gets hurt and and you know in a divorce it's split and done and finished and there's just always weirdness and the idea that that person that somebody else has some aspect of what i need to be whole that is so weird and um and it comes to that same thing like this the 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 grace of living in my life and and the only thing i have control over is how i can maintain that balance or or focus my attention and my consciousness of finding that connection and being fluid and in grace includes letting go of those little islands of what, what seem like disc. They they don't even seem like they're in the same ballpark, but, but it's all the same thing. It's just another obstacle to flow around in order to maintain a stable, fluid life. Good Lord, I sound ridiculous, but I mean, that, that is my focus. That is my spiritual connection and, you know, the acceptance of not having control over anything really includes all these things that eat my lunch if I don't, if I let them get too far, Um, too far in terms of like sitting in the resentment, sitting in the expectation of, of other behaviors or other outcomes. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if that, uh, I don't know if that even really makes sense, but I, I feel, I feel like I've, I've gotten it across, right? Like the deeper one, even, you know, as elevated air quotes that I feel like I am, in my recovery and in my spiritual connection, there's still those same things. Like it is all part of the same thing because it's, it's ideas and resentments, even if they're not, you know, they're, they're slightly more obscure or or esoteric than, you know, straightforward things I can't control or, or situations and, and behaviors and, and, uh, experiences with people like you know things like that they're all just you know other items in the whatever obstacles that my want I hope to have the fluidity and grace to just kind of gracefully you know gracefully um, maneuver around and um, so I I don't know I feel like I got um Ironically, or coincidentally, I was just interrupted by extremely loud, inane behavior from the, the people I live with, the kids upstairs directly overhead. And uh, again, I guess that's just one more, <laughs> just the universe bonking me over the head with a real life test with 
of just how much acceptance I have because I, I completely lost my train of thought. And so I'm, I'm just uh, fingers crossed that what I'm recording now matches the, the mindset I was in five minutes ago because it's astonishing how just random yelling and clamoring around on the roof above you can absolutely dislodge you. And uh, I guess that's the universe reminding me one more time, hitting me over the head. I truly have no control over anything. And and on top of that, I am certainly not in the super graceful uh, headspace that I was trying to articulate when I got interrupted because uh, I immediately lost my train of thought and got very uptight with uh, the screaming people. Um because they were screaming for no reason. <laughs> Other than apparently to disrupt my, my my train of thought and just ruin my podcast. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, I guess acceptance is the, the key to everything in recovery. Just like humility is the key to everything in recovery. And honesty is the key to everything in recovery. I mean, acceptance is the key. Um, to navigating the world that we in which we have no control. Um, anyway, that's that's really all I wanted to say, um, and probably more than I needed to on this subject. Um, I uh, I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate anybody who who has listened this far in, and I appreciate people who didn't listen this far in and don't get to hear me say I appreciated it. <laughs> Um, and uh, if you if you want to if you want to comment or if you just have just want to reach out you can find me on Facebook and you can contact me through the contact us link on the eavesdrop podcast network and uh, you know my heart goes out to everybody who's who who are struggling with their own recovery and and people who are trying to stay sober or get sober or find sobriety man it's hard this is all hard and and, uh, Life is life is long and difficult, but it's also short, and we only get one time through it. So you know, I hope uh, I hope you find your way, and it's uh, and, it, and it makes you feel solid and connected to your to your world the way that my I feel connected to mine when I'm I'm in grace. So yeah, thank you again for listening, and enjoy the rest of your day. Drop.